blesses my heart when I hear you guys just be so bold and just. You know who else is more proud of you is, is Father God. He loves to hear his children praying. So thank you. Thank you for blessing my heart and blessing the hearts of everybody here. Got together with a few of my friends recently, and if you're when the inner core of my friends, we're kind of a crazy bunch. So if you're with us, you're you're liable to hear a lot of different conversations. But you know, we, we're we're off the wall. We talk about a lot of different subjects, and 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 believe it or not, we got onto the subject of of dying, and and we were just wondering, you know. How would that look for each one of us? You know, what would it be like for one of us to die, and what would what would we want to be said? Uh, maybe at our funeral or memorial service. You know, when people are, are, are am I boring you? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You. I'm just teasing. You. <laughs> and I know I could teach you. So you, what, you know, some people are coming up to the coffin, and you know, they're paying their last respects. Well, you know, you know, what would we like? people to say about us and so one of my friends said you know what I, I would like them to say you know what I was a I was a really good dad I, I was a good husband and and I loved God well we were pretty impressed with that that was pretty good and so my next friend said yeah kind of kind of the same thing but I I would want them to say yeah I was a good dad a good husband but you know I really I my life made a difference in the world and so now they're all looking at me and I'm saying oh, those are pretty good things you know I could say the same thing. I said, you know what I would really like them to hear them say? I would like them to say, hey, look, he's still moving. <laughs> no? Hmm? Hmm. <laughs> well, I would like that for myself. <laughs> Father, thank you for, for laughter. Thank you that we, uh, as your sons and daughters can approach you with joy in our hearts, because uh, in your presence is fullness of joy. And we are grateful to be in your presence, because there is no better presence to be in. Thank you that you promised not to leave us or forsake us, so we can really actually never leave your presence. But we ask, Father, now that you would, oh man, <laughs> just uh, empty me of me. Fill me with you, your words, your heart, your spirit, everything that uh, I need to be able to communicate your words of life. It is only your words of life we want to hear this morning. We need those words of life. We cannot go forth from this place and live different lives without those words and without your presence going with you. you know, <laughs> Moses said, we don't want to leave this place without your presence going with us. We don't want to leave this place without your presence going with us. So don't send us someplace without your presence going with us. But we know, Father, that you will speak to us this morning because you are already speaking to us. And you've already prepared our hearts and our minds and our spirits ready to receive your word. So we ask that. And we ask it in your son's name, who we love. Amen. Amen. Mike and I were had our elders meeting on Thursday and We got talking about you know the Sunday sermon and what I had in mind and where God was leading me and I told him I was having a real difficult time with this one, you know, and I think you'll understand why as we get into it. You know, it's we're going to be talking about the gifts of healing and the workings 
of miracles. I think if we can, because most of us are, are all of us here today are, are believers. We have walked with Jesus for, for a number of years. And I think over the number of years we've heard sermon upon sermon about healing and about miracles that I think we've become really numb to it. We almost, it's almost like a numbness that we almost don't believe that healings and miracles still happen. And the only reason why I say that is because God challenged my heart with that very same thought during this process. You know, there's the wonderful songs that we sang today, which, again, Sarah and I don't, we don't talk about what she's, what she's planning. She doesn't really ask me what I'm planning. So these songs really kind of fit into what we're going to hopefully dive into today. I think there, there are so many teachings out there, so many different sermons out there that, that, that run the gamut from, you know, uh, God does not work miracles today. He doesn't do healings today. That was only in the times of the apostles in the New Testament time to the extreme where, you know, all you've got to do is name and claim it and everything in between. This is not meant to be difficult, I believe, to understand what these gifts are. Because it says this in, in the first verse. And we're going to read these verses again in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. We're supposed to understand this. We just really are. There's a couple of reasons why we're supposed to be understand it. Because right here he says, you know, Paul is saying that, well, I don't... I, I'm going to teach you about this. I don't want you to be uninformed because that's the Father's heart here. I don't, I, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So if, if Father God doesn't want us to misunderstand it, then that must mean we, can, we are quite able to understand it, right? right? And, and it's, not, it's not meant to be difficult. It's, not, it's, it's supposed to fill us with awe. It's supposed to fill us with wonder. It's supposed to make us go, wow. But we're supposed to be understanding be able to understand it, at least to to the extent where we actually believe it. Right? You know when you you were pagans, and we're no longer pagans anymore, correct? Hopefully. You were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Again, if we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we're able to understand who Jesus is. And if we understand who Jesus is, then we understand what he can do through us as his sons and daughters. Okay? Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Some people, everyone. All right, thank you. Hey, you came back. Thank you. I know one person is listening to me right now because she said it. Who empowers them all in some people? I don't think you're convinced. All right, he empowers some guy who he really likes with these gifts. Everyone. 
Maybe some people who are really not pagans, they get this gifts. No. Everyone. Every son and daughter can have these gifts working in them and through them. We got this? Okay, good. Because I don't want to go back to that again because I'm starting to sound silly. <laughs> to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, and according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. Remember last week, we talked about when Jesus said, have faith, he was saying, have the faith of God in you. Remember, that's what that word really meant, was not just to have faith. He wasn't really criticizing disciples so much as he was saying, hey, guess what? Instead of the faith that you're trying to operate in, have the faith of God in you. God's faith in you can operate. And that's how these gifts move through us. The gift of faith. And to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the inter interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. I know we, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for probably 10, 11 weeks now. And it's, it, we've dug as deep as we possibly can, can in 30 minutes at a clip. And I know that this, there's so much here. We could go over this probably for the next another 11 weeks, over and over again, talking about this passage. But when I read this passage, and I, when I especially read this, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another, working of miracles. I think of two things here in that, in that small passage here. I think about the generosity of God here. It is not the gift of healing. It is the gifts of healing. It's multiples of healing. God is talking. And we're talking about the working of miracles, not just one miracle. We're talking about miracles. This is a generous God. This is a God who gives and keeps on giving. I love this scripture because it also talks about the willingness of God. I don't want you, any of you guys, to be left out in the dark. I don't want you to misunderstand this. I want you not to be ignorant because I want you to be operating in this. This is the willingness of God to share his very nature and power with us. This is life-changing if we can get this into us and operate in this. For those who say that, that, that these kind of things ended with the apostles, I'll say this one thing. Is Jesus not the same today as he was yesterday, as he will be tomorrow? And do we not have the Holy Spirit, God, living inside of us? So did God, just because he decided to live in us, decide to become dormant? I don't think so. We are supposed to walk with these gifts, operate in these gifts 
as the Holy Spirit directs them. That's, that's, that's what we have here. We have a generous God. We have a willing God wanting us to be what? Remember what this key word we've been saying? Powerful. We say, you know, what a powerful name he has that operates through us. So we're not supposed to be afraid of being powerful. All these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who appropriates to each one individually as he wills. So if there's any doubt in your mind this morning, if there's any wrestle in your mind that God does not heal today, that God does not work miracles today, I'm hoping some of the things that we share today will will just totally make them leave your mind, leave your mindset. I was shocked to find that there was still some of that in me as I was studying this. That there was, there was part of me that, oh, maybe, 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 maybe it doesn't work that way anymore. And I found that bubbling inside of me and as I was trying to, to finish this talk, and so what I did, I put my notes aside and I went outside to fix a wall in my, in my, in my, in my yard. I like building rock walls in my yard. And, and over the winter they took quite a hit, so I was preparing one of them. And as I was just putting stone upon stone and changing things around and, you know, looking, stand back and looking at them, coming up close, changing some things and getting, getting some progress going. And I'm looking back and, and, and God says, will you let me rebuild what you think you know about me? I've walked with you for 50 plus years, God. I think I understand you. Really, Jay? Okay. So, although I'm I'm trying to share some thoughts about this today, this is really this is still this is still working on me here. This, I'm, I'm, this is vulnerable for me to realize that I don't quite understand God in this. So, this is not really a teaching about healing. This this is a small teaching about the gifts of healing, the multiplicity of the gifts. But you can't help talk about healing when you're talking about the gifts of healing. Because obviously they're connected. You can't talk about miracles without talking about healing. You really can't talk about gifts and miracles without talking about faith, what we learned last week. This is good stuff. This is powerful stuff. And God doesn't want us to be ignorant of it anymore. He wants us to continuously dive into his word so that we understand what it means to have the gifts of healing minister through us to other people. So I think we need a couple working definitions. This is the best that I can come up with, okay? So, you know, you can change this, but this this is how I worked it out. The gifts of healing is the supernatural demonstration of God's healing power to restore a person who is sick, injured, or suffering. And the working of miracles is the supernatural demonstration of the power of God making the impossible possible. And I said, okay, that's, that's good. I can, it kind of gets my head wrapped around this. 
but I think they work together. So can I come up with a can I come up with a definition? God, could you help me come up with a definition that probably puts them together? And this is what I came up with. Of these the, the gifts of healing and the, the workings of miracles together, what would that definition be? And this is what I came up with. A supernatural demonstration of his love restoring the impossible. A supernatural demonstration of his love restoring the impossible. Because with God, it's all about love. For God so gave, so love, he gave, right? He's generous with his gifts. He's generous with his gift of salvation. When we want to talk about healing and it's all of its complexity, it begins with salvation. You know, healing our soul from sin so that we can live eternity for all eternity. It's not possible without the love of God doing that for us. So I, that's why I think it's a good definition. It works for me. It helps me understand these two things together. That it's a supernatural demonstration of his love restoring the impossible because love is the key to God. How God moves. How do I know this? Because <laughs> at the end of chapter 12, Paul says this. You know, the, the whole thing, of you know, another thing about God's generosity here, he, may, he mentions gifts of healing two other times in this passage. And he mentions miracles one more time in this passage. Talking about his generosity. So, you know, in verse 30, he says, Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. We're supposed to desire these gifts. We're supposed to have a hunger for these gifts. But he says, But I'm going to show you a, most, a more excellent way. And then the following chapter happens when Paul says, You know, although I have the faith to move mountains, if I have no love in my heart, I am nobody. That's what that word means. He says, uh, you know, it means that you are, you are not really in existence. I could have the faith. I have God's faith in me operating as a gift. And I could speak to a mountain of debris field in my life. And it could just be moved and cast into the sea. But if I don't have love, I am really nobody. I love that is the most excellent way to use the gifts or to be ready to be used for the gifts. Is to have a God mindset. And God's mindset is love. It's the only way that gifts are really properly used. This, this frame is, is imperfect. This frame makes mistakes. This, this frame still sins at times. And I need God's love to empower me in order to have one important thing in this. I think over the years we have heard that sometimes someone is not healed because of a lack of what? Faith. And sometimes that is true. You know, Jesus spoke to the disciples all the time about their lack of faith. All the time he talked to them about it. So sometimes, yes. Sometimes it's because of uh, prayers of, uh, for healing don't get answered because of sin in our lives. It, there, there's plenty of scriptures that speak to that. But as I was 
praying and, and, and thinking about this and, and asking God for a deeper insight, this is what I believe. He says, you know, sometimes more than a lack of faith, more than sin in your life, really what causes these prayers not to be answered is a lack of love. A lack of love. God wants to so move on our hearts, so empower our hearts with love. See, I find someone else needs prayer, and so I pray, and then I go about my business. I find someone else goes out of prayer, and I, and I, you know, I'm driving. I say, "Oh God, please, you know, bring healing upon them." In Jesus' name, Amen. And then I go and continue to work. Where I think God is looking for is such an empowerment of by His love, such an infilling of His love that we will move heaven and earth on behalf of the person in need, and we will pray in such a way that mountains are moved because He has deposited His love in, in us, and our compassion has gone off the charts for someone, and we will not stop praying until God answers that prayer. However, God wants to answer that prayer. Does that make sense? There is there is a there is a story in 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 Mark that I think kind of brings this home. I sure hope so. <laughs> I really do. Go to Mark chapter ten, please. It's where God led me the other day, and I'm saying, okay, God, you're going to really have to make this uh, understandable because I'm, I'm, I wasn't getting it at first. Mark 10, starting verse 46. And he came to Jericho, and he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and he followed him, followed Jesus, on the way. There's a couple of things that I, I see in the story. I see lots of things in the story. You have this blind beggar in the middle of this crowd. Jesus is walking by. This blind beggar calls out Jesus' name. And what does the crowd tell him to do? Would you say that this is a very compassionate crowd? Sometimes the lack of compassion keeps people from being healed. 
Sometimes a lack of caring keeps people from being healed. That's what God showed me. I am not accusing anyone in this room being uncompassionate. You guys are some of the biggest hearts on the planet. Believe me. Your generosity is off this scale, not just in, in what you give financially, but what I know you do for other people outside this, these four walls. You are, you are compassionate, you're kind, you're wonderful, sons and daughters of the Most High. But I'm, just, I'm saying that God has challenged us for even more, for our hearts to get larger. Two years ago, we had a word of prophecy here that, that God gave me that, that God was going to enlarge our hearts. And I believe that prophecy is still true. Only because there's a psalm that says, you know, I will run in, in the ways of your command when you enlarge my heart. The only way to follow Jesus, the only way to follow God, to be passionately involved in all the things that he wants us to be in, involved with, and in, in order to be empowered to use, to be vessels for these gifts, is for our hearts to be enlarged. And be filled with His love. It is the only way. And we can we cannot have the attitude of this crowd that tells people to be quiet, to be satisfied where they are, to say that it is okay for whatever condition that they're in. That's okay. Don't bother the Savior. We cannot. We. I'm not saying we are. I'm just saying we cannot go there. But I love the wonderful love and the willingness and the generosity of Jesus. Jesus stops and says, call him. Call him. And I don't think this is the crowd speaking now. I think this is the disciples. I'm, I'm not quite sure here, but I think it is. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart. Take heart. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Get up. Get up. Because the Master is calling you. I believe God is always calling us. He's always calling to those who need to come into the kingdom. And we have to be the ministers of mercy here and say to people, you know what? Take heart. Get up. The Master is calling you. And when Jesus calls you, something is about to happen. Something is about to change. And throwing off his cloak. Why is that in there? What do you think? Why would he have to throw off his cloak? himself? What's that? Throw off the old. It's cumbersome. All those things that you mentioned, don't you think that, you know, that we need to sometimes encourage people or encourage ourselves to throw off everything that hinders us coming to Jesus? We talk about unanswered prayer sometimes. We talk about sin and and a lack of faith sometimes hindering our prayers. Sometimes, you know, we have to, we have to 
We have to throw these things off, right? Never cast every care on him. We're encouraged to do that, right? Psalm 55, 22 says this, Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. It's a very powerful promise there that we cast off for a reason. We cast it so they don't hinder our walk. Throwing off his cloak, he ran, sprang up, and he came to Jesus. And this beautiful, wonderful, most powerful question that Jesus asked. What do you want me to do for you? Now, you could say, isn't it pretty obvious this man is blind? What else would he want but to see again? But I love this personalized question here of Jesus saying, I see, the, I see what's wrong with you, or I see what your need is, but what do you really want me to do for you? I love the fact that Jesus wants to connect on a deeper level with this man. The surface is easy. You know, he, he's blind. He can't see. What is it? What is it that you want me to do for you? And I think that's a question that God asks of us this morning. What is it that you want me to do for you? I have other friends of, 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 of they're the faith. They're strong believers, and they're you know they have a wonderful grasp of the, of, of the uh, scriptures. But they don't believe that God talks to you personally today. I don't understand why. But this question, I heard God ask me personally about seven years ago. I was mad. I was on a stomp with God. I was angry about some things in my life that he would, I thought he didn't answer. Well, he didn't answer the way I wanted him to answer. So I was angry with that. I was upset with that. So I went on a stomp. I went up on a long walk. And I'm complaining to God. I'm yelling out to God. And, you know, in the woods, just, just like so mad, spitting mad. And finally, after several moments of that, you know, ranting and raving, I got quiet because I got out of breath. And God said these very words to me. He goes, what do you want me to do for you? I said, really? Okay, I got one for you. By the time I get home, I want a friend to call me and have him ask me basically those words. Challenge accepted? I know, God puts up a lot with me, so, you know. Got out of the woods, I walked home. I wasn't in the house 30 seconds. There was a phone call from a dear friend for me, and he asked me that very same question. I know some, a lot of my friends will explain that away on a lot of different things, bad pizza, whatever, you know, what, <laughs> whatever. But the beauty of that is that God wants to speak to us because he's already inside of us. He lives in us. He breathes in us. He moves in us. 
So these gifts that he wants to generously bestow on us and, and has a willingness to, for us to understand them. What do you want me to do for you? Rabbi, let me recover my sight. There's something really, really, really crazy going on in this scripture. What happens here? Something happens. Yes, the man gets healed. But what does Jesus not do here? He doesn't pray for him. Jesus says, okay. Your faith has made you well. He doesn't stop and pray. He doesn't put mud in this guy's eyes. And other blind men, he did he stop and put mud in the guy's eye. I mean, Jesus doesn't do the same thing twice. Or the same way twice. But I read that again. You know, I've read this scripture many times. And I said, he doesn't pray for him here. God, you know you didn't pray for him here? Yeah, yeah. What about that, Jay? He says, you need to go back and remember that you're supposed to call people. You're supposed to reach out your hand. You're supposed to say, take heart. Messiah is calling you. Sometimes you pray for people. Sometimes the prayer, you know, James encourages us to, to call for the elders and so that someone that might have the prayer of faith and so that they might be healed. And there's other times where Jesus does pray. This is not a formula is what I'm trying to say. The gifts are personal because we serve a personal God who wants us to ask us deep questions, pinpoint questions that will reveal our heart and our attitude towards Him so that He can heal that part before He heals the other part. You know what I'm saying? This is a very personal God who lives inside of us who is more interested in us becoming closer to Him so that He can fill us with His love so that we can go to other people extend our hands to them and say, take heart. Messiah is calling you. And he's about to do something. I may not know what he's about to do, and that's okay, but he's going to do something. And that's something that he's going to do. You will no longer be the same. And what it says about Barimaeus is that he received his sight and then he followed Jesus. Who else was he going to follow? Not the crowd that told him to shut up. beauty of these gifts, yes, is to bring help bring people into the kingdom by healing them. By the, God demonstrating supernaturally His love through these things. But I want to tell you that it is just a supernaturally powerful to extend your hand to someone that you do not know and have compassion on them and bring them to the Messiah. That is just as supernaturally powerful. And I would tell you that that is one of the gifts of healing. 
when we extend our hand, when we touch people, when we come alongside of them, and we give a personal touch of our lives with their lives, we are telling them that they matter. They matter to God. And they matter to us. This is why we need our hearts to be enlarged. There are, there are more gifts to talk about. But I think these are kind of like almost in the middle of this list. And it's like God hinges something on these, on these three things, the gifts of faith, the gifts of healings, and the, and the working of miracles for a purpose because he understands that this is something that we're just not comfortable with. And it's good not to be comfortable with it. But he does want us to understand it. See, it, being in the presence of God should unnerve us a bit. It should comfort us. It should bring us joy. And, but being in the presence of a holy God should kind of like, and maybe, maybe, well, I assume these gifts are not operational in the big church, big C church, especially in America. It's because we lost our awe of God. And we don't love the way that he wants us to. It's not a lack of faith we have. It's not, it's not sin in our lives that we have. It's, we just don't love the way that he does. If I had the faith to move mountains, but I have not love, then I am nothing to nobody. I cannot extend my hand to someone and say, take heart. Messiah is calling you. Get up. Let's not, let's not be that. Let's, let's, let's pray for these gifts. I mean, let's earnestly pray. You know, when you go home today, start praying for them. Pray that God will explode these gifts as he chooses, as he wills in his timing, that God will just, just explode these gifts in you. But before you pray for those gifts, say, Father, give me, enlarge my heart with your love. So I may pray properly for these gifts because I know that they're not for me. They're for the common good. They're for my brothers and sisters so that I can take them by the hand and remind them that Jesus is calling them all the time and that he desperately wants to come alongside them and says, what do you want me to do for you? Because I care about you. See, I think that helps us see the gifts in a whole different way. Through the, through the lens of love, we see these gifts in a much different way than just something to get from God. It's because we know God. We're His sons and daughters. We want to be used by God because we love Him. Of course we're going to have the power that we need to do His work. Of course we are. Because He's a good, good Father. Amen? Amen. Father, thank You for today. Thank You for your powerful expression of your word. We ask that everything that uh, needs to be forgotten will be forgotten today. Everything that needs to be remembered will be remembered. Quicken it to our spirit when we need it. We want to be your children who are hungry for you. So help us <laughs> enlarge our heart. We want to, to see you clearer. We want to be with you more. We want to focus on your ways, your desires, your plans and purposes but we need your help to do that. So I ask for a supernatural impartation of your love this morning for all of us. And so as we pray for the gifts to be released in our, in our lives, we're doing it through the lens of love and so that we can 
do like you commanded us to do, to, to call people, to, to reach out to them, tell them, remind them to take heart because the Messiah is calling them. We ask this in your wonderful son's name. Amen.